Welcome to Radio KAL, the Superman podcast brought to you by supermanhomepage.com and our proud sponsor, Patrick O'Neill. This is show number 145, released on January 25th, 2017. My name is Steve Eunice, and I'm joined for the first time this year, new Happy New Year to Scotty V. Hey, Scotty. Hey, Steve. What's going on? Happy New Year. Yeah, it's uh, it's crazy. It uh, feels like it's been a, a, such a long time since the New Year, but this is our first podcast. Obviously, we do it at the end of each month, the last Wednesday of the month, so... Uh, it is our first one for 2017, so it feels a little bit strange to be saying Happy New Year, but it is indeed the first time that the two of us have got together for a, for a podcast in 2017. Yes. Well, happy end of January in the new year. <laughs> anyway, uh, it's uh, been good so far. Uh, strange things happening uh, all over the world, but mm. uh, nice to hear your voice again in the new year. Well, we've got a lot to talk about. Uh, lots happened uh, over this past month, so let's get straight into it. Um, it seems like old news now, but uh, we haven't spoken about it on this podcast. And that was the fact that Lex Luthor has been confirmed as being in the upcoming Justice League film. Uh, they released like a cast list in an official um, uh, synopsis um, briefing kind of thing, and there's a synopsis too, but uh, I'll read that out first. It says, Fueled by his restored faith in humanity and inspired by Superman's selfless act, Bruce Wayne enlists the help of his newfound ally, Diana Prince, to face an even greater enemy. Together, Batman and Wonder Woman work quickly to find and recruit a team of metahumans to stand against this newly awakened threat. But despite the formation of this unprecedented League of Heroes, Batman, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Cyborg, and The Flash, it may already be too late to save the planet from an assault of catastrophic proportions. Well, that sounds that sounds catastrophic indeed. It, yes, it sounds uh, pretty heavy. Or that it could be, anyway. Yeah, well, we don't know what that all means, but uh, it kind of gives us a little bit of an idea of where the film is going. But, uh, yeah, Lex Luthor will be in it, um, as will, uh, you know, Diane Lane's coming back as Martha Kent. We've got uh, Amy Adams as Lois Lane. And, um, you know, the Ben Affleck, Gal Gadot, Jason Momoa, Ezra Miller, Raymond Fisher, William Dafoe, Jesse Eisenberg, as I mentioned, Jeremy Irons, Connie Nielsen, and J.K. Simmons. Holy moly! The bell's already been rung. They're all in, they're all ready for it, and we've got a huge cast and a huge movie. And we can finally say that it'll be released at the end of this year, November 17th, 2017, 11 months away. But as we know, uh, based on all of these incredible um, uh, stories that have come out from extremely reputable sources, um, the biggest catastrophe is that, of course, both Wonder Woman and Justice League are said to be disasters. <laughs> yes. Cosmic book news. Uh, yeah. Will they ever learn? But no, we'll, uh, we'll just kind of forego that and, uh, and just, you know, uh, I guess... Issue it to the trash as it, but where it belongs, and move on to what we do know. And uh, another piece of uh, new information came out just recently. Empire Magazine has their, I think it's their March issue out this week. Uh, as you're releasing this, the end of uh, hearing this, the end of January, the March edition of Empire Magazine is out. And uh, Zach, there's a, a preview about Justice League, a new photo of Batman, Wonder Woman, Cyborg, and The Flash. And Zack Snyder has something to say about Superman's role in the film. Uh, he says, and I quote, just uh, opening it up here, 
He says, um, Superman does play a big part in the movie. His presence and lack of presence are big story points. So uh, that's good to hear. Well, um, lack of presence is never good to hear. But (laughs) as we know going in, the whole world is lacking his presence at the moment because everyone's under the impression that like anybody else, when you die, you die, and that's the end of you. So how he's going to come back, when he's going to come back, I imagine it's going to be uh, as a, a, a big a story beat as it can be. And um, as he says in the article you just quoted, I'm sure it's going to play a big role in the story. Uh, it's not going to be, oh, hey, Superman's here. Come join us uh, and continue the battle as if nothing big happened. So it's good to know, obviously, that he's involved, and, and he should be. He's you know, a major part of the Justice League in any incarnation, and he's always been one of the leadership roles, one of the inspiration roles. And it does sound like they are kind of going that inspiration route, both with Batman and with the other heroes and with the world at large. As much as they were sort of having negative reactions to Superman during Batman v Superman, mm. at the end we saw – Many people had either changed their tune or that there were a lot of people who also felt trust for him and uh, uh, were hurt that he had perished. So Mm. obviously he's a big part of the um, universe. Listen, we talked about this a a number of years ago, and and no no matter how many times we say they brought Batman in to try to save the franchise – they did start off a whole new movie universe with a Superman movie. So he's certainly going to play and continue to play a vital role going forward. So uh, I'm happy that, I mean, we haven't seen it yet, but happy to hear that they're not just kind of tossing him away and uh, Mm. he's dead and, you know, no one likes uh, Superman movies. So we're just going to leave him alone or (laughs) or something. (laughs) No, he is an inspirational character and, uh, Equally so is Henry Cavill. He's a very uh, generous, um, I guess, cast member of any movie that he's in. He seems to always give out these medallions or medals that he um, gets made up custom-made for the crew of the films that he works on. And he did the same with Justice League. He gave a unique Justice League medallion and a note to those who worked on the movie with him. Um, and uh, one of the uh, crew members posted the, uh, the photo on their Instagram account of the gift and uh, the note that uh, that Henry Cavill gave along with it. And uh, I think that's just a really nice gesture. just goes to show what kind of a guy Henry Cavill is. Yeah, I mean, I have never seen any time where, you know, he's not interviewed that much. He's not really the big star. He's not really the guy that everybody wants to talk to. He's kind of a lesser-known actor and who knows if he's going to blow up in terms of uh, starring in other movies and showing up in things they tried with the Man from Uncle movie. I don't think that's happening because it wasn't really received all that well. But uh, but I've not seen him in any time where he hasn't been pleasant and upbeat and positive and um, seemingly grateful for where he's at and grateful mm. to be playing Superman, to be involved you know, a lot of a lot of guys are just like, well, it's a role, you know, I don't really think much of it and I took it for the money or I don't like to do sequels or I'm not interested in playing the same character for a long period of time. Uh, this is a guy who kind of embodies 
the personality you would expect from someone playing Superman. You know, a lot of actors you hear horror stories about certain actors who have played Batman in the past uh, that that just don't treat crew members particularly well. Uh, and uh, and this in, in this case, um, you just see a guy who is really happy to be where he is and thankful to be where he is and appreciative of playing Superman and is not worried about whether he's going to wear a uniform or have a cape or uh, that he shouldn't or that he wants to wear leather jackets or, you know, anything of those. It's it's just uh, it seems to me that he's a guy, whatever you need, whatever, whatever you want me to do uh, to to embody this character. And, and he's happy to be there and, and he's uh, grateful for the opportunity. And he shows it by being grateful to all the crew members on on these uh, fans, on these uh, movies where he, he gives these little these little gifts out. No, it's not. Something that's going to change their lives, but um, it's nice. It's a nice thought. It's a nice gesture. It's a keepsake. It's something that they will uh, have to cherish and remember the movie by. It's it's in a lot of cases probably one of the biggest types of films a lot of these crew members have ever been involved with and may ever be involved with. So mm. it, obviously it's something they're going to remember for a long time. Yeah, exactly. So nice gesture there by Henry Cavill. All right, the only other piece of movie news that I have and I want to talk about is something that we broke on the Superman homepage, and it's a, a bit of a mystery about the uh, babies who were involved in the making of Superman the movie to play the role of baby Kal-El, the scenes on Krypton where uh, Jarrell puts the baby in the pod and sends it off into space before the planet explodes. Now, uh, it's common practice within Hollywood when they're making movies that you use more than one baby for a particular part or more than one child for a particular part, usually twins, because legally they're only allowed to be on set for a set amount of hours and because the longer times that they need to you know, shoot uh, a film, once one baby's time's up, they bring another one in and they continue on and that way you get around you know, the time constraints that are there from a legal perspective. So uh, in Superman the movie, it's... Uh, the, it's credited, the role of Baby Kal-El is credited to Lee Quigley. And um, there is also a bit of trivia that uh, a female baby by the name of um, Elizabeth Sweetman was also inclu uh, a baby that was used in the film. Um, but uh, a man's come forward by the name of Nicola Nicholas Brayton. He uh, contacted me many, many years ago and again uh, recently with a photo of himself supposedly on set with his mother... Uh, holding his name up, a name card for him, and uh, claiming to be one of the babies used uh, in that sequence. Now, I put this up on the website. Uh, Jim Bowers at capedwonder.com, who has many great behind-the-scenes photos, collections of photos that you've never seen before from making of Superman the movie and the other Christopher Reeve movies, uh, Superman movies. Uh, he's of the belief that there is a, another baby that could well be Nicholas uh, amongst the photos that uh, he's got in his collection because there's definitely another baby. The first baby you see, I think, in the movie that's brought out by Lara uh, is doesn't seem to be Lee Quigley, the baby that you see most in the film. So um, a bit of a mystery here. You know, it's kind of up in the air. There's real, really nothing more I can say to add to that other than it's quite a possibility. Hmm, interesting. I'll, I'll have to look at those scenes myself to see... You know, a lot of babies have similar features, and obviously if you're casting for a specific character, the that of Superman, uh, you're going to want them to have a certain look. And 
Obviously, if you're using several different babies, you're going to want to have all of those babies look similar, which is why they often use twins because they look exactly the same and no one can know the difference. But if they brought in another baby and it's, it's evident, as you say, when you look at it, that, it's, that there's clearly a, a possibility that this could be a different baby than the one that has been credited, that's, that is a mystery. That is kind of interesting. And um, seemingly, I mean, I don't obviously don't know Hollywood legality in terms of movies, but it seems like unless agreed upon that you would be uncredited, and I'm not sure what Nicholas says about this, you would have to be credited just like they had to credit Lee Quigley. Hmm. Yeah, it's an interesting one. And as I say, I don't know what you know the, the legal ramifications are around being credited, how many minutes you have to be on screen to be credited or what the situation is there. But uh, it's an interesting one, and we leave it up to your... Uh, you know, for the fans to debate and, and see what they think about it. But uh, it's up on the website, uh, The Mystery of the Uncredited Baby Kal-El. Look for it uh, earlier in January. So uh, check that out. Now, he had contacted you a few years ago. Was that for something else? Or no, you had same, just decided at same, the time not Same to email. So same uh, issue. It was 15 years ago, actually, he first contacted me. But um, it was only till recently that his mother uncovered the actual photo of him uh, that is up on the website. So he, it was kind of like at the time I said, look, you know, that's, I, as I recall, you know, um, you know, it's an interesting story. You know, I really can't say much more about it or post anything about it because it's, you know, as you can understand, as people can come out of the woodwork and claim anything, but uh, unless you have some evidence, it's really hard to, uh, to run with a story. But uh, when he came forward with the photo, which, you know, seems, it gives you, an, uh, you know, a, a something, a frame of reference to work from and to compare scenes from the movie with the photo of himself as a baby, then, uh, you know, you have some point of reference to, to go from. So it was worth posting at the time. Mm. Very cool. There you go. So uh, we move on now to TV news where Supergirl is back. A new episode of Supergirl aired um, this week, the, the week that we're recording this podcast. It was called... Supergirl Lives. Now, I don't think either of us have had a chance to watch it because it airs on the night that we're recording this podcast. Um, I'm, I'm guessing right, Scott, you haven't had a chance to watch it yet, have you? You are correct, sir. Okay, so it's called Supergirl Lives. It was directed by Kevin Smith, who I live tweeted through the uh, East Coast um, showing of the TV series. Um, I'll read you out the description for, uh, for what it's worth. As I said, you've obviously seen it by the time You've uh, watched this or listened to this podcast, um, The Supergirl Lives, Episode 9 of Season 2. It's uh, described thusly. Kara is moved by the story of a missing woman named Izzy and decides to investigate despite Snapper Carr's order to leave it alone. Kara takes Monel with her to the last place Izzy was seen on the duo, and the duo find themselves thrust to a thrust through a portal to another planet, Slaver's Moon, where they're where the downtrodden are sold as slaves. The leader of the trafficking ring is none other than Roulette. To make matters worse, Slaver's Moon has a red sun, which means Kara and Monel are stripped of their powers and stuck on the planet with no way home. Meanwhile, back on Earth, Alex blames herself for Kara's disappearance, fearing, she, fearing she's become too focused on her new relationship with Maggie and too complacent in watching out for her sister. Well, of course, Alex. Everything is your fault. Blame it on yourself. Uh, you have a sister with superpowers, uh, and yet it does seem like she has to come to her aid in almost every episode. Uh, I, I find this episode title 
interesting. I, it almost seems like it would have been more impactful had the uh, winter season finale ended with her possibly dead or imperiled or seemingly gone at that point or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Supergirl lives seems like an odd we know she lives. We, we, the, we, we've seen her. We, we, it's not. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah I, I guess uh, the fact that Invasion was the last time we saw Supergirl means that uh, we really didn't get to have a mid-season cliffhanger of any kind. It kind of wrapped up all the, uh, the, the threads uh, in Medusa prior to the Invasion crossover. So I guess uh, maybe it's re- relative relating to something that happens within the episode itself. And but it is, uh, I guess, more than that, a um, a tribute to Kevin Smith, who had written a script for Superman Lives, the never made version of the film, uh, back in the mid '90s, early '90s. Uh, so it's probably more of a tribute to him than anything relevant to the episode itself. Is my guess. Yeah, it certainly is, I'm sure, but it's a little like a cover that features a character that's not really in the story or an action yeah. scene that doesn't really happen on a comic book because then you see that and you go, oh, uh, it's going to have something to do with what's going on here. And then you read it and the scene's nowhere in it. That character's not even in the story and you wonder why that happened. So obviously we we do know that he wrote that script, Superman Lives, so this is a reference to that, mm. but it doesn't really – doesn't seem – we haven't seen it yet, so maybe it does in the plot. But if it doesn't serve the plot or have anything to do with what happens, it's kind of a, uh, a misleading title. Yeah, I agree with you there. And the next episode, episode 10, uh, is titled We Can Be Heroes, which I can only guess is a tribute to David Bowie, uh, who uh, passed away in 2016, probably around the time they were writing this episode. So, uh, I mean, obviously he had a song called We Can Be Heroes, and... Maybe it is a tribute to, to, to him, but I don't know. I'm just guessing. Uh, it just seems like um, a catchy title phrase that uh, obviously is known uh, for the David Bowie song. But the description for this episode, which is episode 10 of season 2, reads, After Livewire seemingly breaks out of prison, Supergirl is intent on recapturing her. After training Monel, Supergirl takes him with her when she sees Livewire attack the NCPD. But things go awry when Monel puts Supergirl before the citizens of National City. Meanwhile, James decides to come clean with Kara, and Megan has a psychic attack and collapses into a coma. Mm. Sounds very, very, very stressful. <laughs> yeah, there does seem to be quite a bit in there. I like the, the word seemingly. Livewire seemingly breaks out of prison. I wonder if someone has actually released her or helped her escape. Mm. I would guess. Uh it's very possible that, um, you know, uh, I have heard that Parasite is supposed to return at some point. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if you remember the episode of the animated series where uh, Parasite and Livewire were on the same episode. Yes. And they were, yeah, that would be kind of cool. Yeah, like they would... team up at some point, but then they have to, uh, you know, they turn against each other or something. But uh, right now we... we we do know that uh, Livewire is going to be in the episode, and I did hear that Parasite is supposed to return. Not sure how they're going to do that with how they ended him in the episode, but um, We Can Be Heroes, yes, a David Bowie song, but also more attributable to the title of a show about people who are heroes. So, so you can also it can have a dual, mm. it can have a dual meaning, yeah. and I wouldn't be surprised if uh, some version of that song might play at some point. 
uh, in the in the cool. episode would be would be nice. Yeah, definitely. And then uh, episode eleven of season two is titled "The Martian Chronicles," and uh, that has the description of Armek, a white Martian, descends on National City, intent on taking Magan back to Mars to face her punishment as a traitor. Hank and Supergirl determine the best way to keep Magan safe is to bring her to the DEO. However, when it's revealed that Armek shapeshifted into Magan and he's now loose in the building, the team realise he could be disguised as any one of them. Yeah, that's a problem when you got a shapeshifter. <laughs> Indeed. So uh, that's uh, episode 11. That will air on February 6th. So we're getting a number of episodes in a row, week after week. So look forward to, to that and uh, the progression of Supergirl moving forward beyond that. And we have the fantastic news that Supergirl has already been renewed for Season 3. The, the mm. CW has announced that all the shows, here, um, The Flash, Arrow, DC Legends of Tomorrow, and Supergirl are all getting further seasons. Uh, we'll hear more about exactly uh, you know, the official press release, I guess, with the upfronts later this year or earlier in the next couple of months. Uh, but uh, it gives the writers a chance now to... Uh, you know, write the, the remainder of the season two episodes with full knowledge that yes, we will be getting a third season. We can build up to a finale that will, you know, then, um, you know, shoot into a third season. There was much rejoicing. <laughs> no, I think it's fantastic hey. news. It's yeah, uh, it's you know. it's great. I mean, uh, I don't. It was clear that this type of uh, longevity, wherever it goes moving forward wasn't going to happen on CBS. So uh, the, their best chance was to move over to the CW, which I had always said was where they should have started to begin with. Mm -hmm. And, and now we uh, at least get a shot at, at season three. We're going to see that and, and, and moving forward, hopefully, you know, continued life. The other superhero shows on the CW do, do pretty well and, and they seem to want to keep them around and they're happy with them. So, this is where it should be, and this is where it can uh, really do well. So uh, it's it's a it's 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 a it's a better fit for it, and uh, it's it's good to know that they they uh, they do seem to cherish these superhero shows. Yeah, indeed. So that's good news. Now we have some details about upcoming Supergirl episodes, some casting news, and we know that Music Meister uh, has been cast. Uh, we've heard, found out that. The role of the music meister will be played by uh, Darren Chris, and it's fitting because he is another Glee cast member from the past. So uh, there'll be a reunion of, of sorts with uh, Grant Gustin and uh, Melissa Benoist uh, rejoining or reteaming up with their uh, past Glee member in uh, Darren Chris, who will be playing music meister in that upcoming musical crossover, which will be March. 20th for Supergirl and March 21st for The Flash. I believe that it'll mostly be The Flash episode that will deal with this. It's probably towards the end of that Supergirl uh, episode on March 20th that you know we will, it will uh, cross, start crossing over into The Flash's world or into the Music Meister's uh, story. So um, I, maybe similar to what happened in the Medusa. Uh, yeah, I mean it seems uh, like they don't really want... They want her there, but they don't really want it to these crossovers to, to filter over into her world. Like they, I assume again, they're going to bring her to the flash and then have, you know, well, the music meister is a flash, primarily a flash villain, I believe. So 
Yeah, I think he was introduced in the Batman, the Brave and the Bold cartoon. Um, but um, he seems to fit more on the, the Flash side of of things as, you know, that kind of a villain. But, um, yeah, it, it's supposed to be a very pivotal, pivotal episode for both Supergirl and the Flash as far as moving forward for the remainder of their seasons. Um, so it's, uh, it's an interesting one, and uh, I'm looking forward just to the fun of it. You know, he's forcing these high-pitched musical things that he's forcing people to, to sing and dance. And um, I guess, you know, being both past Glee members and, you know, having the ability to sing, as do some of many of the cast members of both shows, um, it's going to be one hilarious ride. I imagine it will be. I, I loved the episode of The Brave and the Bold uh, where uh, the music meister was on, of course, uh, Neil Patrick Harris, mm. which... Uh, Many people were excited. The possibility that they could have done that. You know, Neil is a Broadway guy. He does the singing and all. So that show was great. And with him singing those songs. and But that show was kind of goofy and comical and silly to begin with. And even though I do say that The Flash and Supergirl both have a little, a little element of cheese to them, this is kind of going to take it to a whole other level <laughs> as far as being pivotal toward their story arcs going to the rest of the season it seems like it's almost like a, something you want to kind of do and then kind of forget about pretty quick but mm, but we'll yeah. but, you know we'll have to see how it goes because a bunch of superheroes and and their supporting cast dancing and singing it just seems um, to ruin the credibility of a serious superhero universe and i know we're not in the uh, DC movie universe where everything's dire and depressing and sad and dark. But um, that seems to be very, uh, you know, the idea of a musical episode is, is, is definitely not generally going to be taken seriously at all. So I'm interested to see how, uh, you know, he threatens them and how it becomes pivotal to them moving forward. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. And, uh, well, another hero, or oh, sorry, villain, that's really out there as far as playing it up for laughs is Mr. Mixius Pitlick. And we now know that Peter Gadiot, I think is how his name's pronounced, he uh, will be playing that role of Mr. Mixius Pitlick. Uh, he's probably best known for his role as Cyrus on the short-lived ABC series Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, which was a spin-off show of Once Upon a Time. So uh, looking to see how they play that one. I hope it's not down the Smallville uh, <laughs> pathway, what they did there with him being an exchange student. Yeah, you know, it's funny. When I was watching Lois and Clark all those years ago, I was talking to somebody. It might have been my dad at the time, and I was talking about Mixius Pitalik, and I was saying how I I think it would be cool if they did more uh, comic book-type stories for the show. And the person that I was talking to said, "Uh, listen, um, they're not going to do that on TV. You can be pretty sure there's not going to be some magical imp. Uh, coming from another dimension <laughs> to uh, bother Lois and Clark on this uh, romance TV series. And, of course, Howie Mandel played him, and I thought it was a very good way to handle it. It wasn't yeah. like the Smallville episode. It was Mixie, even if he kind of looked like a man. But uh, if they do something along those lines, and, of course, they use comedy on both The Flash and on Supergirl more so than they do on the other show, you know, Arrow. Arrow especially, yeah. um, so uh, so I think it'll fit in in terms of a character that's obviously legendary. He's been around with Superman since very, very early uh, and, and in his comic book life. And so it's kind of like, well, I mean, how can you do a Superman generally series without having him around? And so 
usually something like that is something they avoid, just like I would assume they would avoid a musical episode. But uh, <laughs> it's like but I again, wrote a list of what should we avoid, and now let's go with them. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, <laughs> not too long ago, you wouldn't even see an alien on. Uh, That's right. On, on superhero show, you know, I mean, Smallville went to great lengths to never really be outside the realm of what they had already set up. In general, it was kryptonite caused everybody to be whatever they were. Even when they started using the names of characters, they were usually people that had been turned by the meteor rocks. Mm-hmm. And then eventually we did see some other worldly things but uh, it seemed to take them a long time to be willing to get there. And, and now with these shows, they're just going for it right right in the beginning. Everybody's on. Everything's fair game. They're, you know, they're right in these comics and, and these characters and even some of the uh, grander fantastical elements seem to be uh, on the table for things they're going to use. So it's uh, it's cool. It's exciting. And I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how they go with it. Yeah, for sure. So that's the mixy coming up later in season two probably for two episodes is what i'm hearing now uh you say that they've you know put everything out there and they're they're you know willing to to you know use any and every character from the comic books that they can sadly there are no plans for superman to come back neither in his new series uh, in a new series of his own or at this point in time uh to return to supergirl they currently don't have any plans for him uh, at the moment um if they wish for him to return, uh, then uh, they'd love to have him back, says uh, the president of the CW, uh, Mark Petowitz. Uh, but there are no plans for a spin-off series of starring Superman, which I guess makes sense considering they're concentrating on Supergirl. It'd be hard to have Supergirl and Superman have their own TV series at the same time, seeing how they share so many similarities and so many of the characters are being used from the Supergirl mythos in... Sorry, Superman mythos into the Supergirl TV series. But Greg Belanti says, you know, we'd love to have Tyler back. He's amazing. He was great in the role. In success, I think all things, all those things are possible. I'm always the guy who says yes if there seems to be an appetite for it and the people involved are really nice. So it's not not on the table, but it's not something that they have plans for at the moment. Right. I don't know that that's necessarily surprising. I don't know that it's disappointing. I mean, maybe you want him to be on every week, but uh, barring that, I I think it's just a thing they did, uh, you know, to start off the second season. It was cool, and they will probably go back to it at some point, but it's not on the table at the moment as something they're working on or planning to do. That's not... Uh, but that's not necessarily anything to uh, be concerned about. I think uh, uh, I think it's good news in terms of he does say I'm a guy who wants to do uh, what people want, and 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 I, I like to say yes when the time is right. If there's a, you know the right kind of a story, if it fits something that we're looking to do, so uh, I wouldn't uh, I wouldn't say. Dismay. I mean, yes, we're not going to get a standalone Superman series, but I don't, I don't know. Even the people who were jumping up and down saying it was going to happen uh, must have known somewhere deep within them that probably it wouldn't. Yeah. Uh, with where we're at right now, so I don't think anybody's super surprised or can be super bummed about this. We have a Supergirl show. We're seeing lots of characters from the Superman mythos in that show, and Melissa's great, and the show's great, and and Tyler uh, played the role really well the way they wanted it to be played, and and if they need it again, they'll do it again. So I'm, I'm cool with that answer. Yeah, for sure. 
So uh, that's where things are at with the Supergirl TV series. The only other other bit of Super, uh, Superman-related TV news was the sad uh, passing of Carrie Fisher, who is probably best known, obviously, for her role as Princess Leia in the Star Wars movies, but did appear as uh, the editor of the Daily Planet on Smallville TV series. Uh, she played Miss Khan, who uh, gave Chloe Sullivan a hard time about uh, getting a job on the Daily Planet or something that she wrote for the Daily Planet, eventually uh, hired her. But um, it, uh, it, she was a member of, of the Superman family, and her passing and her mother's passing the next day uh, were very sad news for fans everywhere. And uh, we remember her in her Smallville role um, back many years ago. Yeah, it was devastating uh, news to hear. I, I was probably uh, more affected emotionally by her mother's death the next day only because it, it seemed to me to prove that that it is possible to die of a broken heart. The, the idea that her daughter mm-hmm. died and, and, and that it was so stressful to her and it was so terrible to her uh, that she just couldn't couldn't last anymore. And uh, I just found that to be incredibly uh, sad. So, uh mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, our condolences, and uh, uh, they will be missed. That's for sure. Definitely missed. So um, we now move on to comic books, and we talk about uh, Superman and action comics here in this podcast. And since our last recording, we have had Superman number 14 and Superman number 15, and uh, they were reviewed by Adam DeChannel on our website uh did you have uh, get a chance to to read either of uh, the comics uh i did i uh i i read them today actually cool very mm-hmm. must be very fresh in your memory then well we've got uh in um uh, superman uh title we've got these uh beings from uh, another dimension uh wherever they might be they have a list spelled l-y-s-t of uh, Superman that they're trying to capture and um, and uh, terminate, I guess. Consume is what they keep saying. Consume, consume, terminate, terminate. And our Superman on this, um, the main Superman of, of the, the timeline that we're reading about, uh, is trying to protect the uh, Superman of the Earth where he was brought up on, on the Soviet Union in Russia, uh, who's happened to come through a portal somehow. And the Justice League of, what do they call themselves? Justice League Incarnate, uh, who are made up of a collection of, of superheroes from different uh, Earths, different throughout the multiverse, are on the trail of these beings and trying to protect the Superman. And uh, Superman says, look, you know, obviously you guys have been reactive to date. You've just been going through, um, you know, trying to... Um, recapture these supermen how about being proactive and you know let's start collecting these supermen bringing these supermen that haven't been captured yet together from the different earths around the multiverse and not using them as bait but protecting them so that when you know these creatures do come looking for them we're able to protect them and you know take the fight to them i thought it was a strange name when i read it incarnate um, I usually think of that as referring to uh, evil incarnate. So my right. first reaction to it was that they were uh, some sort of uh, villain in disguise. 
uh, looking it up, it of course uh, generally refers to uh, an embodiment of a deity or spirit in human form, which is how it's generally used. So right. I'm, I guess they're saying that the justice, the idea of justice, a justice league as a concept, they are they are the embodiment of, and therefore they are incarnate of that concept. Oh, so it, it it seemed clumsy to me. It seemed seemed like a strange name, but uh, the whole story seems clumsy to me. Um, I, I did read the review for uh, 15, which is the continuation of this story, and it seems as though um, people are enjoying it. I, I, I guess I'm just not of the... Uh, of the era that is enjoying what uh, what what Rebirth seems to be doing in general, I, I, and I'm also not really up to date on everything that has come before because I I fell out of reading the books because I just wasn't enjoying them. But this this story itself seems very crammed. There seems to be a lot of things happening that are incomprehensible and you can't really understand them. You don't know what's going on, where they're from, who all these other people are, why they're here. Am I supposed to care about them? Is there supposed to be uh, some sort of connection that all of these people have to each other? Um, even when the president, Superman, comes and introduces the rest of the league, Batman is there, a version of Batman. He doesn't introduce him. He, tell, he tells us all the other people, and then I say, okay, well, who's the Batman guy? He doesn't say. Uh, and in one shot, the, the Batman guy looks the same size as the rest of them, but then the next time you see him, he's towering over the whole group. So I get the impression that he can grow or shrink or, or that he's some sort of Ant-Man in their universe or something along those lines. But maybe he isn't. Maybe it was just a bad drawing. I don't know. But uh, I, I found it very disjointed. And uh, I didn't realize that the uh, Chinese Superman was being included now in uh, the current storyline or that anybody even really knew or was connected with him in any way and of course they're capturing all these versions of superman uh, from all over the multiverse one of which happens to be a rabbit yeah it's uh captain carrot um so that's obviously a different universe as there's you know different uh, versions of the characters from uh you know all the multiverse i guess there's got to be a planet uh, for that, um, there's a planet, you know, there's a, the Bizarro is captured in one of them. So they're all different types of, of Superman stand-ins, I guess, in different Earths on, in the, in, throughout the 52 multiverse, 52 known planets of the multiverse or universes of the multiverse. So uh, I actually enjoyed this story. I, I'm, you know, maybe because you're not reading the, uh, you know, haven't been keeping up to date with the books that it seems a little bit disjointed or uh, confusing for you, and uh, admittedly, there are a lot of characters thrown into this story that you don't necessarily know about or are unaware of, or you know, you don't. And I think even Adam in his review says that you know, I don't get a chance to really feel for them or, or um, grow to, to worry about these characters because they're kind of all just thrown in. But um, all in all, I've actually been enjoying uh, these books as I have with Action Comics 970 and 971. Uh, the next two books that we're looking at. And in this story, Lex Luthor is, has been accused of crimes that he has yet to commit. Um, and um, he, is, he and Superman are off on a different uh, planet, the planet of uh, these people who are accusing, these aliens who are accusing him, of Lex Luthor, of, uh, future, of this fu these future crimes of taking over Darkseid's mantle and, 
doing all these horrible things and trying to overrule the the universe and the planet that they're on uh superman doesn't um necessarily have all his powers um he's 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 getting weakened but lex and superman have to work together in this and uh it's uh, it's an interesting dynamic you know the two of them working side by side superman trying to save lex luthor's life and lex saying to him look you know you've had this um this uh, i guess um negative feeling towards me because of you know your idea of what lex luthor is supposed to be and and you know here we are um i'm trying to be the hero and you won't believe me that i am doing this for ultra you know altruistic um reasons and uh it's just a really interesting dynamic between these two what we think of as arch enemies here they are trying to work together and save each other and um you know it's it's a, I, I find it an interesting dynamic between lex and superman as i've said I love Lex Luthor stories. I love when he's involved. I love when he's wearing the suit. I also love when he's doing machinations from behind the scenes in a business suit. I love, uh, I loved him in Forever Evil, which they reference in the story. Um, I, I love when you see his um, his powers uh, as they are, his genius, his his intellect, his ability to manipulate situations to be in his favor. In this particular story, he doesn't seem to have that ability. Part of that could be because he even says himself uh, his powers have been kind of uh, removed Dull. to an extent. And and just like Superman's are, they're both kind of dumbed down in that uh, they can't do what they would normally do. Mm. And I don't know. Uh, obviously, uh, we all assume Luthor's plan is going to come to fruition at some point, and we're going to find out that he's still Luthor and that he's still doing bad things, even though it seems like he's doing good things. Uh, that being said, he uh, has done many heroic things. He has stood up for Superman. He has saved people on the street. He has fought battles in Metropolis. He has seemingly been doing altruistic things, as you say, and one thing I keep hearing is that this is finally Superman. He's finally back. This is the Superman we wanted. This is the Superman we needed. This is my Superman I hear from everyone. And I'm still, and I said this the last time, he went out and attacked Lex the very first time he saw him. Uh, we threw the first punch, did the first attack when Lex was being a hero on the streets. And I still feel like there's that attitude is still there and Lex has a point whether or not he's duplicitous, whether or not he is hiding the fact that he is evil, Superman is supposed to give people the benefit of the doubt. This is a person he has not met. This is a person he does not know. This is not the Lex that he knew before. And he's been a part of Adventures with Alexander Luthor, who was a hero in another uh, universe. So to to immediately attack him, to immediately accuse him, to immediately assume that he's all of the things that one version of Luther you had was, is not a very Superman attitude to have, even though he's protecting him and saying, I'm not going to let you kill him because we don't have proof. I agree with you. I think he's guilty. I think he's a bad guy. I've been researching him myself and trying to figure it out. But we can't kill him just because you say sometime he might commit a crime. He hasn't done anything yet and there's no proof. While at the same time in the in the thought bubbles that we don't – you know, the little boxes, uh, both Luthor and Superman reference multiple times how Superman knows he's bad. Superman thinks he's bad. Superman prejudged me. Prejudice is not a thing that Superman is supposed to represent. So 
again, uh, and, and I have felt this from the beginning of Rebirth, that's what I'm getting from this guy. I'm getting uh, prejudice. I'm getting um, uh, uh, quick judgment. You know, he's saying that, that you're much different than the other guy. You're, you're quick to act, quick to act and that he attacked right away. So I'm, I'm, I'm again, I, I actually enjoyed the story, uh, but I'm not sold on the idea that, that, that Superman has this attitude. Well, it's going to be interesting because an upcoming storyline called Superman Reborn is going to really, I think, uh, unravel. You know, because we keep—I mean, these in the in the Superman title, these creatures who are hunting down all versions of Superman don't even recognize this guy as Superman. Even the big villain at the end says, "Who are you?" and he says, "I'm Superman." So there seems to be an anomaly there about really who is this Superman that has Lois and and Jonathan, and um, I think we're going to get a revelation in the upcoming months as to just what his reality is or just what the reality behind his existence is so um looking forward to seeing how that pans out and what that means for um you know some of the things that some of the questions that you have so so it's going to be an interesting couple of months coming up uh looking forward to that whole the revelation of who this clark kent this powerless clark kent is uh you know the whole revelation of uh superman's death the new new 52 superman whether he'll be back whether there'll be a, a merging of superman we, I'm looking forward to seeing it. It just seems to be so many mysteries and so many questions that um, I'm really excited about what's to come and what we're we're getting. And um, while I understand that not everybody's on board with it, uh, as you're saying yourself, uh, you're not totally sold on it. Um, it, it is a time of uh, of you know of great interest for a lot of readers who uh, are just enjoying being able to uh, to sink their teeth into Superman titles once again. Yeah, I mean, if it's working, obviously they did the right thing. Um, you know, New 52 worked for a little while, had really big uh, sales, and then went downhill, and they knew that they had to shake things up. And I think they just they just started without really a finished idea, and mm-hmm. now over a year later they're, they're, you're saying that some answers are going to come that maybe were there to begin with or maybe never were, and they're just going, you know what, we still haven't really figured this out. Uh, in a clumsy way, we have to figure out what's going on, or maybe they were planning this all along. So, uh, I mean, I'm here. I'll see, you know, I hopefully I get some of the answers to the uh, feelings that I just uh, spoke about, and, and, and maybe it'll all make sense to me uh, when that happens. Um, so, I, I, you know, I'm with you in terms of anticipating, uh, but I'm, uh, I'm on unsteady ground in terms of whether or not I'm excited about it. But uh, if they can clear it up for me, uh, then then I'll be happy. Yeah, and uh, part of the, that upcoming storylines that I was talking about is a slight costume change or an update or a revamp, if you like. There is an, uh, a, a costume change where Superman um, will be, you know, he'll have the red boots back, um, the belt's got a, a different design. It's a very classic look without having the red trunks there, which is still not there, and I don't know we'll be returning anytime soon, and I'm not really that fast either way. Uh, yeah, while I like the classic look, uh, I think this design that they're showing in Superman number 20, which will be released on April 5th, is a great-looking costume. It's got just a blue costume. There's no lines. There's no metallic look about it. There's no, you know, uh, seams or anything. The, the cape comes over the shoulders. It's a light, nice red cape. Um, there's the red boots, the right height. You know, they, the, the belt it looks fine, you know, as far as I'm concerned. It's got a bit of a gold buckle to it. Um, I'm, and the S looks like a good size. I'm liking this design. 
Yeah, I mean, for me, it's much ado about nothing. Um, I, yeah, there are a couple of changes, but uh, it really just looks like the same suit with red boots. Yes, there are a couple of other things. The belt's a little bit different. The buckle, whatever. Uh, he, 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 but it's you know they're they're making a big deal. It's a big story, as if there's a huge redesign or if people are really going to be happy about the new look. I mean, yes, having the red boots. I thought the blue boots were um, a, a mistake, and so we're going back to red boots. Okay. But um, it doesn't really look any different. The lines have been gone since they killed off the original uh, New 52 Superman. So uh, the suit looks the same to me. Uh, other, I mean, obviously, other than the big glaring red boots that weren't there. Uh, but And, uh, you know, a couple of little tiny details. But it's not really a big nah. change or a big just new a design. The, the suit already looked that way. It just didn't have red boots. Yeah, fair enough. And uh, so that's where things are at. As I said, most fans were, were happy with that. And as far as the only other comic book news that I have to relate is this comic's price rise. Uh, DC Comics announced that the price of 15 of their reboot comic book titles will increase from 2.99 to 3.99 starting in April. However, along with that price rise, you will get included the digital code for a digital copy of the book to be able to download. So... Um, the twice monthly books, such as Superman and Action Comics, will remain at the two ninety nine price per issue. Uh, however, the other titles like Super Sun, Supergirl, Superwoman, New Superman, and Trinity will see that price increase with the inclusion of the digital code to download it digitally. If, like me, you get your books digitally already, just digi ju just digitally, there is no price difference in that. So I guess it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. Well, just to play devil's advocate, like I often seem to do when you and I are talking on these shows, um, I think that seems like a great idea. Um, you finally hit upon something that seems to be a success, and now take all the advantage you can and get as much money as you can so that you can turn people off and get them to stop buying the books that they've suddenly started buying again right when it looks like things are going well. Uh, maybe it'll work. Maybe people will go, hey, charge me $9.99, $10.99, $20.99. I'll pay whatever you want. Or maybe they'll say, you know what? You just got me back. Uh, the books have been shit. Uh, I'm finally enjoying what's going on, and now you're going to gouge me. I don't know. I'm not sure which way it's going to go, and I'm sure I sound like a detractor. I'm just It just seems like a little quick to make the money grab yeah, uh, because a couple of people are saying it's great and the books are great again. It's an interesting one because I've seen people like Michael Bailey who buys his comic books in the print version and also likes to get them digitally so he can read them on his iPad. So for him, this was great news because uh, instead of buying them buying the the print book for 2.99 and then buying buying the digital book for whatever it might have been 1.99 he's now saving money because the digital code is being included for an extra dollar on top of his print version so for completists who like to get both digital and print it is a great uh, great news for them because they'll actually be saving money but for people who were only print uh, and don't have any need for the digital then this is a bit of this is a dollar price hike on top of that they didn't need yeah, I, you're right. I didn't think of it in that way. But although when I was buying the books uh, in in paper form not that long ago, uh, you know when they did that whole uh, campaign where they were all their books were going to be two ninety nine, uh, they had dropped down to two ninety nine. They were already above that, and then they were including the digital download. I think it was right at the beginning of the new new fifty two. Yeah, it wasn't in all titles, and it wasn't for free. It was a. Uh, uh, combo pack that you could get 
right, it wasn't, right. It wasn't uh, just the standard version. It was a right, combo right. pack, so it was a separate thing. Okay, okay. Uh, and that I thought, uh, you know, if you wanted both copies was good, but they also gave you the option to not have to buy yeah, both if you, now didn't you don't want have both. The option. And it was a dollar more, and this is kind of the same thing. Except if you buy the print copy, you have to pay that extra dollar and you will get the digital copy even if you didn't want it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's not that big a deal. But I'm just saying it seems like an odd thing to do right when it looks like maybe you'll be successful for the first time in a while. And we still have only one or two DC books in the top ten most of the time where uh, where Marvel has been steadily for uh, my memory is uh, ever. Yeah, I don't know if that's necessarily true these days. I think the new uh, Rebirth titles are uh, regularly in the top ten, um, so uh, I think more Batman, than just one or two. Um, but I don't think Superman has been anywhere near the top. But but maybe you know I'm just I'm speaking off the cuff here, so I have uh, no proof of that. I just know that uh, Superman generally hangs around twenty two. Uh, in my time of, yeah. of, of reading, right. but yeah, uh, you know maybe. In the rebirth time, maybe it has gone up because I have heard uh, most. I, in fact, I may be the only one who's been negative about rebirth. I think people just hated New Fifty Two Superman so badly that that uh, this is just better. <laughs> so they all, everybody's happy. Uh, whereas uh, I, I'm not saying I loved New Fifty Two either. I, I was just there, and it was a story, and it was super to me. It was just another continuing version of Superman, and now we have another. And so it's it's again like the uniform. There really isn't that. I don't. I still don't see that much difference between what we had before New Fifty Two, what we had during New Fifty Two, and what we have now. It's still. The guy who's who's Superman doing the right thing, saving people. Sometimes his attitude is a little wonky in all three of those versions. So I don't know. I think it depends on the writing. I think it depends on the storyline. And maybe the stories for most people are a lot better. Or maybe it's just the feeling that that guy they hated is gone. Or maybe that they, that guy they loved is back. Um, but it's uh, it's definitely becoming more positive. You know, when I read most people's comments and most people's uh, opinions of what's going on they're, they're really loving it especially compared to the new 52 so if you're a company that's what you want so yeah. it's, it's going well um, so so you know I guess it was a, obviously it was the right choice and people were becoming disheartened and disenfranchised with it the way it was going so uh, positivity now so that's good yeah indeed and there was a lot of positive reaction to the game trailer for Injustice 2. The lines are redrawn for this new video game coming out from WB Interactive Entertainment and DC Entertainment. Uh, we've got to look at some new characters, Supergirl, Darkseid, Brainiac were all included. Um, the line between hero and villain has been blurred as the most epic battle in the DC Universe rages on in Injustice 2. While Batman has emerged the victor in his battle against the regime, a new threat arises and poses the ultimate threat to Earth. So this will be available on the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One on May 16th. Nice. You know what I've been liking about the advertising for this? Most of what I see is a big picture of Dark Superman reaching out with his eyes glowing. Um, <laughs> even though they mentioned Batman in the synopsis, my memory, and I played the game and I love the game, yeah. was the coolest part of the game and the turning point of the game and the most dramatic part of the game was when they were finally able to send the Superman over from from the regular universe to go and stop bad Superman. Yeah. So somehow they say Batman was successful. 
but it was Superman who stops him and, and they put him in jail. And, uh, uh, you know, in the closing remarks, Batman says, if you ever do that, I'll make sure I put you down. OK, but, um, you know, we got to get the quip from Batman, but you couldn't put him down without Superman. And now, again, you get the credit somehow. But I do like that in the advertising in the advertisement, it does seem like the the. Uh, coolness is surrounding the uh the superman character i assume the dark superman character that uh seems to have escaped and is um uh, creating havoc again but uh i'm gonna play it i played the other one i enjoyed it and uh it brought tears to my eyes when the when the super s appeared Hmm. finally being able to move through dimensions and come to the dark world so uh i think it handled it really well and I'm, i'm hoping that uh i get some more of that moving forward Cool. Now, the last bit of news we have before we move into the big question segment is the Guinness World Record for the largest Superman collection. This one caught me by surprise because it says that a a 30-year-old sign fitter in Hertfordshire, England, uh, Marco Zorzen, has the uh, biggest collection in the world of Superman memorabilia at 1,518 items. Um, I was sure that people like maybe... uh, the Superman Museum in Metropolis, Illinois, or even uh, our good friend Jamie Regal, who has a massive Superman collection, would be way above that and would have the record themselves. But apparently the uh, Guinness World Record people uh, claim that Marco Zorzen in England has the largest Superman collection in the world. Well, I'm not sure exactly how it works, but obviously... You have to call Guinness. You have to have them come out. You have Mm. to have them verify your collection. And if no one's ever done that before, this guy might have just said one day, you know what? I'm going to call Guinness out here. He could have three items. If they haven't counted any other item, then you have the biggest uh, collection. Um, Yeah, yeah, you're (laughs) right. uh, um, So I don't think it's three. I think you have to have – they have some sort of criteria, but they don't actually compare you to anybody else. Uh, as far as I know. So yeah, you just have to uh, be when, better than know. the last person they had to look at. Right. And I don't know if they had another, you know, there may not have been a, you know, before we did the gathering of people dressed as Superman in 2008 at the uh, Metropolis, Illinois, nobody had done that before. We were in there for the first time. We had a very paltry amount, but at that time, 108 or whatever it was, I was in the picture. I'm in that book. Get it. Check it out. Look at me. I'm cute. I'm sexy. Um, uh, and we won. You know, uh, we were the we were the largest gathering of super. And I think six months later, they had a million or you know, not a million, but it was a couple <laughs> thousand or something. It was a, a huge number uh, because someone said, "Hey, we could beat that." I mean, you know, and they went out and did it. No one had thought of it before. So same thing here. I don't know. I can't. I don't know that. I don't know what the previous book was. Maybe it was in there. Maybe it's always been in there. But um, uh, this guy, like I said. Uh, someone could have saw it and said, hey, you should call and get them out here. And they come out and, and they look at it and then they decide whether they want to put you in the book or not. So yeah. you may be right. I, I don't know that the uh, Superman Museum has an exact count of their items, but I'm certain I saw more than a thousand items in there. Yeah. So there you go. Well done to Marco. He's got his name in lights. Let's start with the big question. Let's move into the big question segment of our show. Last month's big question was, what are you looking forward to most in 2017 regarding Superman? 
And Robbie Illinois wrote, well, the comics have been great, so there's always that. Hopeful for more Clark in Supergirl. But mostly I'm looking forward to Superman's big return in Justice League. As are we all, Robbie. And uh, sadly, yeah, no more Superman in Supergirl as far as we know, but definitely in Justice League. Mm. All right, Billy Hogan wrote in. He says, seeing the continuing development of Superman and Lois establishing their new lives on this new Earth and John's development into a superhero in the comic books. I'm interested in Lana's development as a superhero in her own right and what actually happened to the new 52 Lois and Man of Steel. Will they come back to life? Mm-hmm. Good questions, Billy. He's looking forward to everything in the comic books. Good to see mm-hmm. you. Sure. Donovan Hunter wrote, What I'm looking forward to most in 2017 is the return of Superman in the Justice League film, and I want him to assume his role as the leader of the Justice League. We've seen his death. It's now time for his return. Thanks again, Stephen Scotty, and happy 2017. Well, thank you, Donovan, and happy 2017 to you. Indeed. Henry Bernstein wrote, I'm really looking forward to some answers to the various open questions coming out of DC Rebirth, the Watchmen tie-in, Saturn Girl, and who is Joker. But... But more than that, I'm looking forward to the answer to who this new Clark Kent is. Overall, I think 2017 will be a great year for Superman. Well, we hope so, Henry. Thank you for your Mm. answer. Absolutely. I personally couldn't care less about Watchmen, but uh, I think that's a gimmick, and I I don't, I don't, I mean, they decided to go that way, uh, so I'm not on board for it. But there is a lot going on, and as Steve said earlier, uh, it looks like uh, we might be getting some of the answers to the mysteries that are going on. So hopefully, your your questions will be answered soon enough. Uh, Guthrie McLean wrote, "Need I say what I look forward to most in 2017? Justice League, of course." Though it's a long way from now, I don't know what else I can look forward to besides JLA. I hope Superman's role is important and that he shines in the movie, saving the day, smiling, giving people hope, and being more confident. I really hope to hear an announcement of a Man of Steel sequel moving forward and getting a release date. Last but not least, I hope possibly by fall 2017, Superman will make another appearance in Supergirl. Yeah, you never know. They might bring him back for the finale of season two. You know, who knows if they've written it or planned for that at this stage. But uh, Or the premiere that. of uh, next season, which would still be 2017. Yeah. It was in the premiere of this season. So yeah, indeed. Patrick O'Neill, a great, great sponsor, wrote in, I'm looking forward to the Justice League movie most in 2017. I'm really interested to see how they handle Superman's resurrection. Outside of the Justice League, Justice League film, I'm really looking forward to and hoping for official confirmation of a Man of Steel movie. Keep up the great work, guys. Well, thank you, Patrick. Yes, indeed, Patrick. Our new big question for next month will be, what do you think of Superman's new costume design for the comic book? Steve and I uh, talked about it a little bit. Uh, It seems like most people are happy with the uh, minor changes that have been made, so let us know what you think. Yes, get involved with the Big Question segment of our show by clicking on the Big Question button found at the Radio KL page and send your entry in, and we'll read them out in our next podcast here on Radio KAL. I'm laughing at you, you hear? Laughing! And now it's time for our Superman comedy sketch. Steve's been hard at work scouring the internets trying to find anything he could, and he has come up with... Crazy Talks Comedies... They're actually called Crazy Talk Comedy. They're a little skit called Bathroom Breaks. Uh, it's I think it's a New Zealand guy who does this uh, comedy skit, so check it out. Here it is, Superman's bathroom break, and with Batman involved. Batman v Superman. Have you seen this movie? It's very serious. Batman's all like, Tell me, do you bleed? And Superman's all, The bat is dead. 
I'm thinking, lighten up guys, lighten up. You're two fully grown men wearing adult onesies. But I guess they've got things to be angry about. Like it must be a bitch going to the bathroom in those onesies. Especially if you're Batman, who works mostly at night when all the public restrooms are usually locked. And he's a vigilante too, who the police are trying to bring in. How good would it look if they finally caught him on a charge of public urination? Bathroom breaks are not such a problem for Superman though. He can just dash back home, use the bathroom and be back before Batman could unbuckle his bat belt. Superman would be like, need a hand Batman? And Batman would be like, no, I can wait. Which is probably why Batman's such an intense guy. He's just trying to get through the night without needing the bathroom. So there you have it. That was our comedy skit. Now we move into our super secret soundbite. Only one thing alive with less than four legs can hear this frequency. Last month's sound came from the animated movie Justice League Throne of Atlantis. Let's hear that again. Yeah, here is that sound. Nice manners, farm boy. Girl like this, you take somewhere posh. It's a wonder women go out with you at all. Well, there were six people who guessed it correctly. Who were they, Scotty? They were Joe Weatherford, Fred Walsh, Elan Sternfein, maybe Donovan Hunter, Patrick O'Neill, and David Wang. Congratulations to those people who guessed it right. Let's see if more people can guess where in the world of Superman this new sound comes from. Hello, TJ White Shoes, University uh, Secret Department of Journalism. Can I get an interview with you, sir? Really nice to see you there, yeah, Lana. Uh, first of all, um, who are you and where do you come from? How, how do you fly? Are there more people like you? Excuse do you work me, for the government you? or something? Well, if you think you know where in the world the Superman that sound came from, use the super secret soundbite entry form found at the Superman homepage and send your entry in. We'll read out the names or mispronounce the names here on Radio KL <laughs> next month. <laughs> All right, let's hear our Superman song of the month, Steve. Well, this month we have a really interesting one. We have a team-up between Snoop Dogg and Willie Nelson. The song is called Superman, <laughs> and it's from Snoop Dogg's 2011 album, Documentary. Here it is. You know, Snoopy, a little while back I had one of those corporal tunnel operations, and the doctor said, I want you to go home and shut up for mm. four months. And that's kind of tough. I said, I'll try it. But while I was there, I wrote this song. Too many pain pills, too much pot Trying to be something that I'm not Superman Superman Trying to do more than I can Got a little out of hand, I ain't Superman Know what I'm talking about? I blew my throat and I blew my toe I wound up sipping on soup to show I wasn't Superman Oh no, I wasn't Superman I'm trying to do more than I can, I got a little out of hand, I wasn't Superman. I hear you, Nicky Playwise. Yeah, play that, Nicky, go ahead. Play it with it. said, son, it's a crying shame, but you ain't Clark Kent and I ain't Lois Lane. You ain't Superman. You ain't Superman. Trying to do more than you can. Got a little out hand. You ain't Superman. What do you think, Snoop? 
Well, when I die, put it on my stone. God said, Snoopy, take your bad ass home. You wasn't Superman. No, I wasn't Superman. I'm trying to do more than I can. I got a little out of hand. I wasn't Superman. I hear you. Trying to do more than I can, I got a little out of hand, I ain't Superman. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was the song. A short one, uh, but an interesting one. Yes, very nice. And yet another title uh, of a song called Superman. <laughs> Imagine that. Well, that is our show, and uh, it's been great to be back for 2017. And remember, if there's something you'd like to let us know about the show, whether there's a topic you think we need to discuss, a big question you'd like us to ask, a song you'd like to request, or a comedy sketch you think we should play, all those suggestions can be sent to us using the KAL feedback form found at the Superman homepage. Under the Favourites menu, you'll find Radio KAL. Or you can send us an email. My email address is steve at supermanhomepage.com. Or you can email Scotty. His email address is scotty at supermanhomepage.com. And we would love to hear your ideas. We'll possibly use them in a future show. But for now, thanks, Scotty. Thank you, Steve. Thanks, everybody, for tuning back in. Happy 2017. Have a good one. And always look up in the sky. You've been listening to Radio KAL, brought to you by supermanhomepage.com and our proud sponsor, Patrick O'Neill.